Welcome to Entrepreneur Mindset Reset, the podcast for entrepreneurs who want to learn from fellow business owners how to decrease the chaos and increase their sense of fulfillment while becoming more profitable. I'm your host, Tracy Trepesky. I'm an executive coach and consultant and mindset mastery expert. I'm also mom to two amazing teenagers and a menagerie of adopted furry family members. In each episode, we explore challenges, opportunities, and actionable tips to help you move your business forward while staying true to your vision. You'll hear from me and my guests how we've tackled some of the pitfalls and unexpected surprises that entrepreneurship delivers. We're the real deal, and we're here to inspire and encourage you. Let's dive in. This is episode 15 of Entrepreneur Mindset Reset. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in today for a new episode of Entrepreneur Mindset Reset, the podcast where entrepreneurs just like you and me share how they master their mindset to overcome obstacles to their success. In today's episode, I have the distinct pleasure of speaking with the incredible and generous Martha Newport of Martha Newport Realty Group. She shares her best tips on creating success based on embracing uncertainty, living your values, and making a commitment to excellence. The journey she traveled from climbing the ladder at IBM, including moving from Nova Scotia to North Carolina, and then becoming a realtor is truly impressive. Martha tried on different hats, played around with many creative ideas, and took a very thoughtful approach to taking the leap of faith into starting her business. Pay close attention to when she speaks about the importance of self-care and dedicating yourself to living your values and planning with intention. The key word here is intention. You may want to stop and take notes and listen more than once to this episode. Martha is dedicated to her team's success and growing her business in a way that not only serves her clients, but also supports her team in their individual growth. She is truly a remarkable human, and I know you'll love listening to this episode. So grab a beverage or a snack and settle in to listen to Martha and her amazing journey. Martha, I'm so excited to see you. I'm happy to have you here. Thanks for coming. It's my pleasure. I can't wait to talk to you today. Catch up. Yes. And I'm thrilled that this is your first podcast interview. I told you it's true. (laughs) First one. Oh my gosh. We're gonna we're gonna break you in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's that's not what I said earlier, but you know. We're recording now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I want to hear about your journey. I know that you've had a really interesting career path, so I'd love to hear about that. But before we even go there, where are you in the world right now, physically? Some people are like, wait, you mean like in my mind or? <laughs> like metaphysically, yes. emotionally. Yes. We'll start with physical location. <laughs> go from there. Physically, I am in front of the window in my home office in the lovely Carborough, North Carolina, which is is just a little bit beside Chapel Hill, North Carolina, go Tar Heels um, in the triangle. So um, yeah, I'm just sitting at my home office, living my best COVID life. <laughs> As we all are. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm, I'm so thankful that we were already pretty used to working from home. I feel like that's that helped us soften the blow for the kids. Um, and some of these, you know, people are posting on social media how they're going insane. And I've never really had those moments. I've had like one or two where I'm like, oh, I feel like we've had a lot of uh, together, but we're just kind of bopping along. That's great for you. Yeah. I'm really happy for, I'm really happy for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, my kids are teenagers and they kind of stay in the rooms all the time. So it's very different. Right. It's I think ages and stages. <laughs> yeah. Right. And yeah. then, you know, some other people are trying to figure out how to sell homes that they don't go into. You know, yeah. little things like that. So we'll yeah. talk about more that yeah. more about <laughs> later on. <laughs> which brings us to to you know what you do. But you know, of course, to start with what you do, but then tell us how you got here because I know that you have not always been a realtor. Mm-hmm. Right? You've traveled an interesting and winding path, and you're also not from North Carolina, so you've traveled. You're a long way from true. home. True, yeah. true. Yeah. I kind of see the. A little bit ironic that we're just uh, now my first podcast experience is around entrepreneurship because when 22-year-old Martha Lawrence at the time graduated from college in Nova Scotia, Canada, so that's my homeland, I was studying business and I just knew the only thing that I knew is that I didn't want to be an entrepreneur. So (laughs) I was 100% sure on that. And plotted a very direct path to get a position, an entry-level position at 
this little company you may have heard about called IBM mm-hmm. and quickly had an opportunity to move to North Carolina for for to work there. So for 15 years, I was a very like linear, plotted, five-year plan, do all the things, reach all the management goals, worked in marketing and project and eventually software development, project management as like the happiest little achieving working bee that ever did, (laughs) that ever was. And then I would say probably about 12 years in, sort of after recovering from having my two lovely children, I started to get the pang of like, am I going to do this for the next 12, 15 years? Am I going to retire here? And that's when things started to evolve in a little different path. Slightly different. (laughs) But still, I can see how it's connected and we can go into kind of how you've transferred your skills. But what made you decide, yeah, I want to be a realtor? I and didn't. When did, you, when did you switch? I didn't decide that. You didn't? I didn't decide that. No. <laughs> and, and if I could help, and if this could help one person with, I'm, I know that I don't want to do, and I don't want to spend the rest of my life doing what I'm doing, but I don't know what else to do. I hope that I can shed a little bit of light for, for that person listening. So I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I certainly didn't say okay, I'm going to leave my job and build the top real estate team in my town. That was not a thing. That was You not didn't plot thing. that out on your five-year yeah. plan? Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> so all of those things, like all that lovely structure of IBM and this is your career path and these are the classes and da, 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 none of that. So it really was like a second whole chapter of life and professionally and also personally to go from the sort of well-traveled linear path to just letting, you know, not to walking into uncertainty and seeing where that went. I knew that I, I could hear in myself that I, I didn't see myself retiring from that, that way and continuing to work there. And I didn't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. So I began imagining and trying on different things and I'm really in, I like transformation. I like to do things. I like to do things with my hands and crafts and all those things. And I thought, well, maybe I should be a general contractor. So before I quit my job, I, we were taking on a big project in our house, finishing our basement. And I decided to learn how to be a general contractor for my own house and learned, you know, went to the inspections office, pulled the permits, managed the contractors, found all the people did the whole job in the safety of not having abandoned my career yet. And thank goodness because hated it. (laughs) (laughs) It's not your thing. (laughs) Right. And, and it was, but, and it was one step to discovering, you know, and along that path. And there was something to it though. There was a voice and there was something to why I liked that. And then I toyed with the idea of being an interior designer because, again, the visual transformation that I loved and studied art in, in my childhood and was my favorite class. And as I researched and looked and talked to people, you know, it's a, it's a difficult career to get into. And I wasn't, you know, I'd have to go back to school I would have to spend a lot of time to build my own business to make the kind of living that I was making at a big corporation. And it just wasn't, just didn't seem like, well, do I want to go back to school for four years, quit my job to make half the money? Mm, Didn't, you know, my logical brain wasn't feeling that too much. It's not on board. No. (laughs) And, and I love personal finance. So, you know, looking at the things that bring me energy in my life, love personal finance, love, budgeting and the psychology of money and all of those things and investment strategies and actually implementing investments, not so much. Mm. So I'm a, like a set it and forget it kind of gal. So <laughs> looking at what it takes to be a financial planner, talking to those people, continuing, like, mm, not quite, not quite, but continuing, not just thinking about these things, but taking the actions and learning and shadowing or trying them on. And then, oh, and then there was the whole cake decorating business, but 
you know, running the numbers for that wasn't wasn't looking for that kind of life <laughs> and and having That's the pure kids. starving artist I think uh-huh. unless you have a huge commercial bakery right absolutely yeah. and I really tried that on even considered getting a part-time job at a bakery in town and learning the ropes and and ultimately my marketing experience and advertising experience at IBM I finally realized like this is my beautiful creative outlet and if I have con- customer requirements on this it's going to take all the fun out of it so I'm just mm-hmm. going to keep I'm going to keep this little baby a hobby and one day we were driving so so all of these things were going on in my mind and taking action and learning and talking and doing in some cases and all of a sudden we were driving home from the mountains, just one of those, just staring out the car windows while my lovely husband was driving with Daisy. And driving mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> and and I in that blank space that we so rarely get in our busy day-to-day lives, I thought, what if I flipped a house? And then I thought, and I thought, and I thought a few miles went by, a few more trees went by. Like I could hire a contractor to do that piece. I could have a visual transformation and something that I created that was different. I could manage all the budget and the numbers and the investment and the, you know, it kind of all of a sudden was just all, you know, Mm -hmm. all of those things fell into place as one opportunity. And I turned to my husband and said, how about, how about I flip out? He's like, sounds good. (laughs) <laughs> and <laughs> how are you gonna do that? Oh, we'll figure it out, you know. Yeah. I'll, my, I'll my manifest. <laughs> manifest. <laughs> and and that's what I did. I opened an LLC, I found I hired a, a realtor, I found a little baby townhouse that was in really rough shape. And while still working at IBM, spent every other waking minute flipping the house, tiling myself, doing oh. this transformation. And made half my salary. Oh, wow. um, and in the process, was a little bit frustrated with the agent that was helping me and eager to, you know, but I was, a, you know, doing these little baby houses. And I mean, I get it. And so I decided to get my real estate license at night before I quit my real job so that I could go and find properties myself. And, and then I thought about, ran numbers of how many houses I'd need to flip and how much cash I would need to make the kind of, you know, living that I was making through working at a big company and decided, well, I'll just join a real estate firm and sell a few houses as an agent in between. Mm-hmm. You know how yeah. that. <laughs> Here you are now. <laughs> yeah. So, and I haven't flipped another house, but what I have done is created a business where it's a turnkey solution for clients, especially on the on the selling side, who want to get the most net return for their property, put in, invest, you know, something and almost be the investor on their own mini flip. And mm-hmm. I get to continue to have help those families be with people help them with that design slash contracting slash even project management of that whole process of, of buying and selling and sure didn't flip another house. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Well, in the short time that we've known each other, what three years and a few months or so, full disclosure to everybody who's listening, Martha is our realtor. (laughs) And, and, you know, in a very professional way, we fell in love with you as soon as we met you. And we had interviewed a couple of other people and had not yet moved to North Carolina. So that was Mm -hmm. the other thing. It was a huge leap of faith to like choose a town and a realtor and be like, go. (laughs) And, you know, but one of the things that I've seen, and I've probably missed a lot of details in between because I've seen a lot of it more on social media. I think this is the first time we've had this kind of conversation mm-hmm. is that you went from being kind of a smaller team with a few people who managed some details for you, but you basically did everything else from my perspective to mm-hmm. now you only work on the selling side, right? And you have other people who do the buying side and all of that. Mm-hmm. So explain to me, how did, how did that develop over time? Because clearly if you have a team this large and you mentioned it, you know, you're the top team, top real estate team in, is it all of Chapel Borough or is it like Orange County? Where, where how did you, 
Yeah, well, sing your, sing your praises. Toot your oh. horn. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, we are the largest team in our our town and and couple of surrounding counties. Um, yeah. And uh, eleven people now. <laughs> wow! Um, and you just keep growing. We do, we do, yeah. and and through a pandemic and through mm-hmm. all of those things, continue to grow. So. You know, I'm a, I like to say that I'm a recovering, a control freak in recovery. And so at first, like you said, having a couple of people helping with the details, you know, you can, as a, an entrepreneur and business owner, you can sort of still, you know, have people be extensions of you and keep it all controlly and tidy. Mm-hmm. For only so long before you have to make that transformation to empower, find amazing talent and empower others to use their gifts and run different aspects of the business of the team. And so that is, that is a very challenging transformation to go through. Mm. And the ultimately my non-negotiable is well, I have so many non-negotiables that created the need to have the team. One is that our level of service and what we do for our clients, it's, it's, it, it, cannot, it cannot waver. It cannot go down. Um, real estate is tricky. It's cyclical. It's got peaks and valleys. And if you're trying to do all the things at all times, you get worn out and, and can't perform at the highest level. So sacrificing quality and delivery of our services, non-negotiable, having time with my family, having, um, my kids are 10 and 13 right now. So, you know, Kate was four, four, five, four, when I got my license, I think. And so my biggest fear, I would say along the whole time of starting a business was not having time for my family and regretting, you know, missing out with my kids. Mm-hmm. And that, has been a non-negotiable that has impacted, you know, so many decisions that I've made along the way. And then more so, I think recently has been caring for myself. And <laughs> imagine that, <laughs> busy working mom. I want every um, single person who's listening to turn their ears up higher for this, please. <laughs> <laughs> I went through early on some serious periods of burnout, periods of working until my body physically made me stop, which for me, having asthma look like a cold turned into a chest infection, come onto a laid down, cannot go anywhere for a week. Oh man. And, and that's how, you know, mentally, I think I'm pretty strong. And sometimes my body would just say, nope, you've been too far, too much. You've crossed the line. Mm-hmm. And so the process, I'm very open about um, working with amazing therapists and business coaches and friends and family to, to like I said, be in recovery from that, that kind of drive. And you have to take care of yourself and you have to, you know, that kind of the, that self-care and being, having to turn it off, even when you know there's something that probably should have been done <laughs> every day. Is it there always? Yes, forever? at the end of There's each no day. End. It's just no. a carrot that you're chasing. You're never going to get it, right? Yeah, it, it's so, your baby. So there's always going to be something that needs attention, always. Exactly. Yeah. So um, sleep. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a big fan of sleep. I love yeah. sleep. <laughs> I love sleep also. Um, Very much. I might go to bed at nine o'clock, kind of girl. Mindfulness practice in the morning meditation, journal, quiet, stillness, alone time, um, and having, and also planning, deciding with intention what I want of the day and what needs to happen. So I'm not in reactive mode the whole time. Um, Physical exercise for me, that was also really connected to um, mental wellness too. I got a lot of joyfully call myself extra. And (laughs) if I don't work out pretty hard and just get, I don't know what it is. If I don't, um, I'm not like a go for a nice leisurely walk kind of gal. Like I need to work out hard and that somehow just helps with the energetic flow in Mm -hmm. my body and in my life. 
So these are things that I, you know, I could do, you know, work twice as hard and maybe have twice as much net profit in the business. And I don't, it's not worth it to me. That's where, so all of those sort of non-negotiables come into like, okay, so then your choice is to not grow, not grow the business, not grow personally, professionally in your business, or finally give up the reins of control and help build a team where you can, you know, all these amazing other people with their gifts that, by the way, I'm not perfect at everything. News alert. <laughs> well, maybe I shouldn't say this on the first podcast, but <laughs> realizing it's the best and- <laughs> self-disclosure ever. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have amazing gifts and so do other people. And it's humbling the first time you bring real talent into your world and say, oh, I'm not as they're better than me. Mm. Yeah, that <laughs> comparison turn- is the kiss of death. <laughs> right. Yeah. And we can be like, oh, heck yeah, they're better than me. What's up? Like, yeah. let's do this. That transformation from controlling others that work for you and trying to direct and make everything really you, but just being done through others to this is talent in my world. It's like the best is when it scares you a little, like, Mm -hmm. am I going to be able to, is this going to be a big enough arena for them? That's when I know that that's somebody that we, that we want in our world. That's amazing. Yeah. And it just, once that sort of unleashed that, these talents started showing up and these amazing humans are now part of my daily life and world and they're rocking their strengths and I'm able to rock mine. And we can all go night night whenever we want to, which for me yeah. is nine PM. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you know, I'm gonna pull a couple of things out here. The first thing is kind of going back a little bit. You know, it whether you were aware of it when you were doing when you're talking about all the non-negotiables, those are your values. Mm-hmm. And I think we sometimes even if we're really values-based, think that we, you know, should, air quotes here, because you can totally see it, we should be focusing on, you know, looking at getting our revenues up and looking at profitability and, you know, all this industrial sort of colonial thinking. Mm -hmm. But it's being values-based and sticking very firmly to that, that keeps us in integrity. And of course, without integrity, we have nothing. So if we're in integrity and we're living our values and we're working our values, then we are always able to be who we really are in this world. And I have seen your team. We luckily got to, you know, fly by at six feet distance with masks and get our, you know, get our swag bags at Christmas. Mm-hmm. It's really clear that your team loves you and that they're well-treated and that they feel valued. And I'm going to guess that they all feel like equals as well, because it just seems like everybody's very, it's like a big family. And I'll say, because I've been on the receiving end of your high quality, that I think your service and your like how you take care of people, even you know we're three years plus p- post closing and not moving anytime soon. <laughs> We've moved nope. enough. Um, we still feel like we're your most valued customers. Yeah, and it gets better every time. I feel like you always one up yourself, and I mean it's amazing. And so kudos to you, and also for our listeners to hear this that you know when you stick to your values and you make it really clear what is most important to you, it will convey, even if it takes a little bit longer to build, or even mm-hmm. if you decide to throttle your growth a little bit to be able to, to stay in integrity and to stay in your values, because it does pay off. It really mm-hmm. does pay off. Yeah. And for me, I, I remember we've got financial benchmarks. My business is affiliated with Keller Williams and we have financial benchmarks they give us for you know how much your expense ratios should be on things. And I always chose to run those numbers high for salary because I, the kids are little, I wanted to be home at three. I wanted to be the babysitter after school for that chapter of my life. And I'm fine. You know, I'm fine to take either that expense out of another category or to take it out of the bottom line to have the life that I want. Mm. And if I was trying to build a quick, lean, you're in, you're out, we'll find the next body to, you know, how efficient, how we value efficiency, of course, but like, you know, the jiffy lube of real estate that would eat on my soul. It would not satisfy me. It would not bring me the joy that, that this, what we've built has, has created in our lives. So I think it's really important to, and it's the perfect Thing for the person that that is does resonate with them, right? Mm-hmm. If you're not, you know, you're not super people focused, you don't love people 
oh, great. <laughs> <It's> great. So, <laughs> come come work some of the back end stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think the other word that I would use around it is authenticity. And that when you are living those values and you are you, you know, real estate is somewhat of a sales business. And I've also never thought of it that way because we're just helping people and we're helping people who like us. They're drawn to us. They're coming to us because of, you know, what someone else said or looking at our website or whatever that is. And I'm a hundred percent at peace with if somebody goes or like meets me or goes and looks at all our reviews or our website and is like me, I'm not feeling it. Yeah. That's totally thank you. Fine. You're it's not my people. Great. So thank you so much. <laughs> yes. And it, it jars some of our clients. One of the first things I say is, okay, well, let's get together and we'll meet and decide if we're a good fit. And they're like, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> you mean you're not going to throw your desperation stuff at me through the fan? You're not? Wow. Right? Yeah. And just that energy of, of abundance and trust that it will, the right people are going to be drawn to you. And as you continue to grow and do your thing, more of those people are going to come to you. You know, that's, if there's any one secret, it's been confidence and authenticity to say like if someone tells me they're talking to other agents I'm like excellent because if you like one of them more than you like me or like us then that's exactly what you should do absolutely and I think that's such a good point too I mean I think most of us when we start out our business our first few clients are not necessarily hitting the ideal avatar that we paint and then we be, I became very hardcore about that after I had a couple of clients who were just not a good fit, you know? And so it made it very challenging to work with them. I felt like I couldn't really support them the way they needed to be supported because we just didn't quite work. And so it's incredible what happened, right? When I decided I'm going to work with people who are like this, it wasn't by industry, it was by characteristics. And mm-hmm. I started, I don't know how it happened, energy, right? The quantum mm-hmm. physics thing that I don't understand. Um, started just attracting these incredible high-quality clients. And it's not to say that my previous clients weren't high-quality. It just was a better fit. And now, now I'm attracting clients who have these gigantic visions that scare the crap out of me. <laughs> and when I say, sure, I can support you in that. I'm like, what was I thinking? You know, and I'm like, oh, that's okay. We, we got this. You know, mm-hmm. so you stretch and you and you get to surround yourself with the most amazing people. And you said something about, you didn't use the word surrender, but, you know, kind of letting go of control of the reins. That's that. That's the sweet spot. That to me was the turning point in my own business. And I can imagine mm-hmm. that that even if it was a difficult transition, has brought you the, you know, the, the gold. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that surrender and acknowledgement and humbleness that comes with seeing people that are better being okay with you not being the best at everything, because spoiler alert, you're not you're right. <laughs> and if you you're think not. you are, you're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> yeah. Just get used to it. You're um, going to be wrong until the end of time. If you keep going this yeah, way. Yeah. Um, right. It's a beautiful thing. It's yeah. a beautiful thing when that, when, when that awareness um, comes to being and you can see, you know, and, and, and then when everybody is rocking their gifts, you're kind of unstoppable. Yeah. Well, that seems obvious. I mean, we'll drive around, you know, somewhere to do something. I'm like, oh, there's Martha. There's Martha. There's Martha. Like we see you everywhere. You sold our neighbor's house and and you know, may I share this little brag story for you? I don't know what the story is, but I'm always up for a brag. When I texted you. <laughs> so we so our, our neighbors were getting ready to move. And they were being relocated. And I really suggested that they talk to you. And I think they interviewed a few realtors, but I think because I gushed so hard about you that they ultimately decided to work with you. And I think they had some stuff to do the house. So once that was done, we were gone one day, we came back, the sign was up. And we're kind of like, oh, there's the sign. And we walk the dogs past there. There's Martha. Hi, Martha. We always like wave. Hi, Martha. And, <laughs> and to um, be clear to the listeners, you're talking, of, I'm not actually all over the house. You're <laughs> talking about the house with sign. The, with the wackadoo. <laughs> her picture is on her realtor site. Yes. Being clear. Yeah, Martha, she's not a stalker to my knowledge. Um, <laughs> 
And then what, six days later, <laughs> an under contract sign is up. And I remember I took a picture of it and I texted you and I was like, I was really hoping you could work faster. <laughs> 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 That's almost yes. unheard of. It seems like houses sit for, except for in particular neighborhoods. And this is not a particular neighborhood. This is like rural buffer, special, you got to want to live on a dirt road <laughs> kind of property. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Five, six days um, later, poop, under contract. I was like, wow, this woman is good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We are, we are locally in a very strong seller's market. So starting out, I I do tell our potential clients that we have a median five days on market for all of our listings over the past six years since I left IBM. And right now it's sort of the norm to be honest, because even COVID has created an even hotter seller's market. Very interesting. Um, Even within that though, it's fairly reasonably easy to sell your home right now. The question is, what does the experience feel like? How much work and stress and angst and question and, you know, emergencies are involved in that process of doing it? And are you really netting the most? Are you having somebody read, you know, the tea leaves, if you will, with how to strategically price to get the most multiple offers and net the most and all the different things besides the sale price that goes into an offer. So mm-hmm. it's interesting because our a lot of our competition right now is people selling by people selling by themselves or mm-hmm. you know, selling to open door or you know Zillow, those iBuyers. And you know, I tell people those those companies are trying to basically if we go back to that flip analogy and look at flipping you know, do you want to do a little mini flip and, and sell your house and get that money out? Or are you willing to just give that for the sake of convenience, give that profit, if you will, to somebody, to this company so that they can keep that money? So our our goal with the team is to create such a high customer service and turnkey experience, taking care of everything for our clients, that there's, you know, the value is there. And again, not for everyone, not for everyone. And, right. and that's okay too. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that, would you say that's what sets you apart is that you create this turnkey experience because there've been, you know, when we flip around Zillow occasionally to see what's going on and check our property value and things like that, <laughs> um, or, you know, estimate our our value, I will see a lot of houses that have been on the market for, you know, 70, 80, 90 days. They're not staged. They're left looking like it'd almost be better if they slapped a little paint on a few things at least so, so that it wasn't so atrocious. But those, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's hard to, unless you've got a good imagination, go in and buy a house that hasn't been set up to look like a home, kind of generic, but a home. Do you think that's something that sets you apart? I don't see a lot of staged houses around here. I do. So it's funny because when I was starting to get into real estate, I was visiting my cousin who works for MI Homes as the vice president in Florida. And he and I were talking, you know, talking about the business as I was getting in. And as I was talking about what I wanted to do, the word turnkey is what he came up with. And so that has been, we came up with, so that's been a guiding principle. So Mm. we can work, we can work anywhere and, you know, do help anyway, but we are set up that if you, for example, didn't live here and you mailed us a key, you mail us a key, fill out the paperwork and we guide you and collect your check. Yeah. So that's, that's what our system can do and our team can do. And then of course, other people, you know, they live there or they have want to do some of the work themselves, all of that, everything in between, but we're set up to handle every aspect of it. And like any business owner, you know, there's there, we have a, a fee and not only can we net people the most money by, you know, I have two business degrees. I am a business person. And so what's built into our, we look at every home, of course, where they're serving and helping the family meet their goals and running like a little mini business case on how to net the most money, not mate, not sell, not dump $50,000 in and sell it for $50,000 more than you would have how to net the most money. And so I think that's the other thing that sets us, that's why it's the business case behind why you want to paint. It's the business case between why we run a whole separate staging operation inside our company, which is not usual. Right. I read and learned everything I could about flipping houses when I was starting out. And staging is a huge, creating that emotional response is a huge part of it. And when the market does turn, 
sometime in the next few years because it it is going to. This is not a healthy, sustainable market, actually. It Mm -hmm. is going to turn. Staging is even more important when houses aren't selling and you're competing with 20 other houses in your neighborhood, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So building, you know, we're basically set up to help people at any market in any circumstance be able to net the most for for their homes. That's wonderful. So in, you know, in the world of business speak, we call that the, your unique selling proposition. Yeah, we sure do. Yes. <laughs> and this is something, you know, I'll ask my clients, what sets you apart? Like what's the WeFIM question, right? What's in it for me? How do you answer that question for your clients? If you can figure that out, once you've got your values and then sort of what you want to be doing, and then you figure out what's in it for your clients and what's, what can set you apart. I think that's what's made you unstoppable. You've got all this amazing talent as well, but I really... From what I've seen, you know, there was a, a very high value house not too far from here that you put on the market. And I expect houses like around here over the million dollar mark to sit for a little bit. I believe there was a sign up, uh, an under contract sign on that house in about a week. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> yeah, there might have been. I think that, I mean, I don't know the market very well, but just as, a, as an observer who likes to kind of pay attention you know, I believe it's you. I know you have, you know, great marketing experience and all of that. So you probably know how then to reach out to people and and share with them that this is coming or, or however that works. But like that to me was also impressive because these high value homes often sit for, I mean, I don't know how long, a million's kind of a middle upper range, but yeah. Yeah. Sometimes for months. You know, in that particular property thinking, which is also just down the road from you. Yes. I think the thing that comes out with that, I had a lot of other agents, uh, my peers that were booking showings, reach out to me with that listing and say, that's the most beautiful house I've ever seen. It's really beautiful. <laughs> it was yeah. stunning. Yeah. And it didn't look exactly like that when the first day that I went over. Uh-huh. And the, the commitment to excellence in all things, to... To me, that is one of our other, is that one of our core values? If something can be done to the high, it has to be done to the highest level. Mm-hmm. And I'm willing to sacrifice profit. I'm willing to sacrifice work hours, time, whatever that means to say, we did everything that was possible for our clients and for our business to be excellent. In that case, it was six person hours just to organize and stage the owner's suite bedroom closet. Six hours on a closet, wow. which is psychotic. Okay, this is yeah. why I'm extra. It's why I'm extra. <laughs> I like extra so much that it's a nice word for it yeah. versus psychopath. That's what the but, kids are saying. Yeah, that's what the cool kids say. Um, and so, you know, when I looked at those photos, the pride and goosebumps and emotion that is so satisfying to me to just do the absolute best job possible. And that could be for a million dollar house and it could be for a $200,000 house. It doesn't, you know, our standards aren't wavering, you know, are meeting the net requirement and what's actually the best thing to do. And the right investment depends on the price point and the neighborhood and all of those things the commitment to excellence and doing the very best thing for that homeowner and that property, it does not change. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, that really shows. That really shows. Like, I'll, you know, we're, we're on your email list and I'll occasionally pop over and see what's on your website. And I love the before and after pictures that you share. Mm-hmm. That's always fun to see like how you transform like a tiny galley kitchen into something that looks bright and airy and you didn't reconfigure anything. <laughs> you just changed it, you know? Mm-hmm. And also just the you can see it. It's very consistent, right? You don't list houses that look like people actually live in them still. <laughs> and what I mean by that is like, like my house looks right now, piles of paper here, a sock randomly lying on the floor and, you know, cat hair in the corner or whatever, you know, like it really looks like it's been staged with love. It looks like a home. It really looks like a place where it's depersonalized, but it's still warm. And so like, I will look at some of those houses, even though I'm very much not in the market <laughs> and think, <laughs> I could live there. Yeah. And you see it. And it does, you know, like you said, elicit that emotional response. Like your heart kind of goes, hmm. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. 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 So well, thank you. Thank you oh, for, for that. You're welcome. I mean, thank you for being committed to excellence. I, f- I feel like it's not just 
real estate that you're doing. I mean, it's really, you mentioned earlier that it's kind of a sales business. And my first thought was like, yeah, I think it's more of a relationship business, right? Because you're, our home is our biggest investment. Usually it's, you know, we put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into whatever we do in our homes and to getting there and to staying there and, and, you know, either selling a family home or looking for a new family home is such a personal thing. And so to be able to enter people's lives and really touch their hearts and souls that way, I think is incredible. And it's definitely not the norm for realtors. I'm not, nothing against realtors. It's just, you just meet people who have very different perspectives. And so your values mm-hmm. just shine all the way through you and your entire team. So yeah, thank you for thank being you so amazing. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I made her blush. <laughs> Aww. Well, this is the point where I would love to hear from you. If you've got three tips, they don't have to be business, but mindset around success, fire away. All right. I think going back to another wise lady in my, my journey early on, I actually hired a business consultant to help me with the decision to move firms fairly early in my career when I realized I couldn't do all the business that was coming at me by myself. And I said to Aaron, thank you, Aaron. I said, I'm not trying to build an empire here. I just want to make what I made at IBM and work 30 to 40 hours a week. Okay, that's my goal. Mm-hmm. And she sort of smiled. <laughs> <laughs> and, she, and she said, I think the empire is inevitable. So let's figure out how to make that work for the life that you want. Uh-huh. And I have never forgotten that. I will send her this podcast episode as soon as you have it on. <laughs> and I think so. I think my first advice, point of advice would be to don't be afraid of, don't put a cap on what's possible. Even if you are afraid of balance and time and wellness and health. And there's a, there's a feeling out there that big is bad that if you have a team of 11 people, you know, I'm, I'm sure other agents and, and people think this about me, but then, oh, you know, they, she must work around the clock. She's a workaholic, blah, blah, blah. And I have worked less in the last year than I probably ever have in terms of time. And I'm doing the work that fills me and that's so aligned and my values because other amazing talented people are doing the other things. So yes, building a business from scratch, there is a lot of suck involved. There are times when you're doing everything or it's just you and one other person and then they're gone and then you get, you know, it's not without challenges for sure. But we as humans are meant and designed and part of nature to grow. And so don't start with an end, a cap, a ceiling on what you're going to do. You don't have to know how it's going to work. You don't have to do it. And you don't need to put a cap on it before you even begin. I'd say that's one of the biggest things. And I'm so glad. It's actually one of the the last things. I have a business coach right now with a coach before when we were finishing up our, our relationship. I said, what's one last piece of advice you would give me with no filter now? And he said, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to grow. So that's taken me some time. So that's one kind of along that same path too. You don't, we hear a lot of begin with the end in mind and what's your three, five year plan. And if COVID has taught us anything, it's that (laughs) (laughs) planning is for suckers. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) You want to be really clear on the life you want on the values that you have, you know, and who knows what, especially right now, three, six, 12, five. I mean, I I have no idea what my five and 10 year plan is. I have no idea. And I know with razor sharp focus, what our team is going to accomplish in the next 12 weeks. Mm -hmm. And, and you become such a different person over the course of all of the personal growth that happens when you start a business that, you have no idea what the three year from now you is going to want or be or need or what the economy is going to look like or whether we're going to have a global pandemic. So I don't put a lid on it, you know, point yourself in the right direction and then just start taking steps. Even if you're not ready to quit your job yet, do mm-hmm. something, whether it's a conversation, whether it's a class, 
whether it's a meetup, whatever that looks like, just start to take action and know, I love the analogy. I have, there are no, I have no original thoughts, just to be clear. Um, <laughs> I have a lot of borrowed there's, <laughs> system also. <laughs> um, and I can't as clearly quote who told me this, but you look at your, your journey as you're driving across the country at night on the interstate, you know, you're you know leaving from North Carolina, going to go to California, but you can only see what your headlights can shine in front of you. And and you don't have any, you, you just drive. And then mm-hmm. the headlights show the next part of the road and the next part of the road. So just get enough to get those beams shining to get you that 20, 30, 40 feet ahead of you. And then you'll see the next thing will uncover itself and the next and the next. If you wait for the perfect answer, the perfect job, the perfect plan, the perfect everything, it's never going to happen. going to wait so. a really long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a great analogy. I like that one a lot. I might borrow yeah. it. <laughs> you can have it. It's all go out there in the world. Oh, a third one. Mm. You can edit this if I can't think of one, right? Yes. <laughs> Just cut it right off. Mm. Yeah. Those are the first two that really, really came to mind. You know what the other thing I will say, and they're all kind of related. I mean, they're all kind of related we all have the ability to design the life that we want. And when you do align with those values and non-negotiables, you're going to have periods where it's like, Oh, this doesn't feel good. This isn't working. This isn't right. And you, you are empowered to change. And I'm going to share something that is, you know, a little more authentic and vulnerable, if you will, but you know, what that, that reminds me of is we're recording this in January. So not to date it, but that just for some context. And it's all about the new year and new habits. And a lot of people do a dry January. And I made a choice three years ago to stop drinking for now. And, you know, I would definitely not have called myself an alcoholic by any means, although I do have some of that in my family history. But just feeling this, this like, oh, it's very normal in our culture, right? Like it's one o'clock and mommy needs her juice and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like I need to, right. it's, a, it's a tool that can really help people unwind and decompress. And, and I think there's most people listening to this and there's absolutely zero judgment and shame, you know, coming out around that. And I had a moment where I was like, I needed, it wasn't at a weird, you know, it wasn't at seven in the morning or anything, but like I need a drink. And I thought, huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that feels like a slippery um, slope. It's a, it is a slippery slope. And so I made a choice. I read a couple books because I'm a nerd and that's what I do whenever <laughs> I want to learn about something new. And I made a decision to transform my life and my business to back up to the fact, to the place that I did not need that tool. And that has been huge. And if something is disturbing you, it's going to happen. I mean, growing a business, it's messy and it's ugly and it's wonderful and beautiful. And, and if you're feeling something that you choose that you do not want in your life, you can actually, the beauty of entrepreneurship is that you can re-architect your life and your business to create whatever life that you want. And for me, that has, you know, that is no longer a tool that I, you know, and something I enjoy. It makes you a freak show when you go to a party. <laughs> <laughs> I've got my water. Much against, uh, very, very much <laughs> against the grain. It takes a while to, to have confidence in that as well. Mm. Um, it's something that we don't really talk about a lot and probably wasn't something you imagined talking about on this episode but I think this is this is really really important. This is key. It's it could be food, it could be shopping, it could be it could be anything, right? Yes. It's the thing that you use to kind of numb out. Escape, mm-hmm. numb, escape. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the beautiful things about creating any life, and you can do this whether you have your own business or not. I really believe is if you have to escape something, that's maybe a good sign. My loving heart and advice to you is maybe. You can back up your day, back up what your life looks like and have a life that you're not trying to escape from. Mm -hmm. That's sage advice. 
And it's interesting when, and it's not about drinking or drugs or it's not, it's, it's not, that's not even really what it is, but it's Mm-mm. create the life that you love living most of the time, all parts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, I think 90%, 95% of life is really great. That 5% could be a real bugger, but that's when you mm-hmm. like go for a walk or meditate or something. Yeah. Or go night-night. <laughs> go night-night. Everything's and, better in the morning. Yeah, I know, right? And the day. It's a peace, everybody. I love you and bye-bye. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Thank you for sharing, Martha. And thank you so much for your time today. I, where can we find you and how can we support you? <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> when... People hear my name, they very often call me Martha Stewart. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's not that. It's Martha Newport, MarthaNewport.com. If you want to check out how we present our business or if we can help with real estate in any way. I am also probably biggest social media still on Facebook because I'm getting old and I'm a nerd. Um, (laughs) And my maiden name is in there, Martha Lawrence Newport, L-A-W-R-E-N-C-E, Newport. Um, And Martha Newport Realty Group is also on Facebook and Instagram. So I also have a plug right now for a new Facebook group I set up to help with my own accountability and slash to have goals around fitness in 2021. I'm like, I don't want to run a marathon and I don't really want to be a bodybuilder right now (laughs) in this chapter. So a bunch of us are in a Facebook group I created called Triangle Fitness Challenge, where we're doing one little challenge move every month, every day and supporting each other. Totally free, no weird ad, nothing, just like people supporting other people and encouraging each other. So Triangle Fitness Challenge on Facebook, if that resonates with you too. I love it. Thank you. I'll share all of these links in the episode notes. So people, you know, don't worry, they'll be clickable. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what a pleasure. I feel like, you know, we got to see you briefly a few weeks ago and now I get to see Mm -hmm. you and have like this deep conversation and learn about your journey. And I'm I'm just so grateful that you were able to make time. So thank you so much for coming. Mm -hmm. It was my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me and big hugs. I know we give these air hugs, (laughs) hugging ourselves as if we're giving real hugs one day. Someday. Oh, I can't wait. I can't I know. wait. I'm a hugger and I definitely miss that part. Yeah, me too. I know. It's how the air hugs are good. And one day we'll I'll give each other a real big squeeze. And <laughs> so I look forward to that. <laughs> well, thanks again, Martha. Bye. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of Entrepreneur Mindset Reset. If you liked what you heard, be sure to click the subscribe button so you'll never miss a show. Please leave us a review and tell your friends about us so more people can hear the valuable information we share in each episode. We look forward to hearing from you and celebrating your success.